stick my toes in I'm frozen, I know I'm God's chosen Internal explosion my toes in, I'm frozen, I know I'm God's chosen, internal explosion. Hey everybody, it's Benny J. And yo, yo, it's your boy, the golden child in the building. And this is Internal Explosion, the podcast, episode number 10, at Money Money. Real quick plug, I, Benny J., just released my first single, Internal Explosion, off the Internal Explosion album. It's available across all streaming platforms, as well as on YouTube with an official lyric video. So I'm going to put a link in the description, and please check it out. But without further ado, let's talk about the at money money. Chris. I know you and I were kicking it a little bit about Matthew 21, mm -hmm. where Jesus came in on a donkey, and then it said a colt, the foal of a donkey, meaning two donkeys. What are we doing with this idea of Jesus coming in on Palm Sunday, being celebrated where people are screaming, Hosanna, Hosanna, basically begging God to save them, thinking that Jesus was going to be the warmonger, the warlord, who would save them from the oppression of that current government. Spit some Matthew 21 for us. Oh, man. Yo, we, we, we got a rich text, a very rich text. There's a lot, of, a, a lot of imagery. Um, so, yes, we, we have the, the, we'll just say two animals. We got two animals. And the imagery of Jesus, like, riding, I can't even straddle, like, like riding two animals, um, they they took a cloak. His disciples took a cloak and wrapped, draped it across the two animals. And uh, Matthew twenty one records that Jesus sat down across two animals. It reminded me of Yosemite Sam with that U shape between his legs. <laughs> <laughs> and it, 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 it's a wild imagery, and we we can get we definitely can get stuck in the imagery. Yeah. But the overarching theme is that. Jesus comes riding in when, at a time when people are expecting a king with a long purple robe and a crown and, you know, a, a mighty steed yeah. and just coming in with authority, coming with... A sword. Like, yeah, yeah, got a sword. S-words for 500. Like, um, <laughs> got a whole crew behind him and just coming in with like strength and, and fury and majesty and everything wrapped into one. Yes. Phenomenal and, cosmic power. Yeah, Itty bitty living space. You got it. Yes. <laughs> but then we have Jesus coming in and he's riding on two, like a donkey and, and a colt, like two smaller creatures, definitely mm. not dignified creatures yeah. with someone's cloak draped over them. And he's just riding it and guarantee he doesn't have a crown or a regal robe or anything like that. And the people actually don't realize what they're asking for or no. that they don't put two and two together because as he's coming in, they're yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna, which means pray, God save us, mm. God save us. And they're screaming this at Jesus. Yeah. So we have a lot of images all over the place. The people are shouting, save us, but not fully understanding that they're saying this guy, the one that looks like, you know, not even a king, just like some, some carpenter dude from around the way 
riding in on these two creatures. Yeah, I call it I call it Jay on dubs. He's he's rolling in J- on Jesus dubs. on the double. Yosemite Sam and these two donkeys having a good old time. You know, the garments just laid just right over to two donkeys. What a beautiful image. There's some argument between biblical scholars mm-hmm. about how that worked. We're not here for all that. We're here for the fun imagery because the two donkeys and Jesus trying to rock both at the same time is way more amusing than an argument about how many donkeys there were. So I think about it and it's all those people were pretty much demanding that Jesus be this warlord hero that was going to save them from their oppressive government, that was going to lead them to the promised kingdom, the promised land, and give them the opportunity to rule because they wanted to live vicariously through such a leader. They wanted the power for themselves. They thought they deserved it. There was an entitlement within the people who were crying out for this hero. They're saying, yo, we want the ability to take what we believe is ours, what we were promised. The interesting thing is the desires of our heart, our hearts, because it's plural, it's all of us, we end up forming all of our thoughts based out of the desires of our hearts. So these people wanted so badly to take the power back that all they could think about was the projection of their own image onto Jesus himself. They were saying, this is what we want you to be, regardless of who you really are. So when Jesus came in contrast to what they thought, riding very humble animals, because they're not looked at as intelligent animals. I mean, come on, the animal goes, (laughs) it sounds ridiculous. And on top of it, donkeys, a lot of people have the stereotype that they are just stupid animals just some of the lowest forms of intelligence within the animal kingdom. Now, I'm not, I'm not a zoologist, so I don't, I don't know if they're actually as dumb as people have said. We might have found new information or updated information that says they're smarter than we knew. Either way, at that time, the way that the people perceived donkeys was lowly. So Jesus comes in on these lowly animals, a humble servant in a peaceful manner. He did not go through that town like he was a warlord. And all these people are throwing down palm leaves at his feet. They're all hoping that he's going to deliver them. But it's funny because just as people do in their natural selves, we expect the things that are physical in nature to be the things that are taken care of. We don't think about the spirit. We don't think about the spiritual side of, the, of things that are on scene And that's exactly what Jesus was talking about. He was talking about the unseen attitudes of the heart, the impurity of the heart, the brokenness of the heart, and the deadness of the spirit. He was saying, hey, I'm coming through to show you another way, a way that is pretty much beyond your understanding right now, but I'm going to teach you. And this is a symbolic representation where he's going through humbly in that town, showing them, here's what you really need, but y'all don't know it. And the the wild thing, <laughs> the wild thing. Yeah, you know, wild thing. J- just to project out a little bit. So this happens on Palm Sunday. This whole exchange, all these images happen on Palm Sunday. Less than five days later, in fact, four days later, he's on trial. Mm. 
he's betrayed in the garden, you know, betrayed by his his closest friends when he is asking God, I, I, I don't want to die. Yeah. You know, take this, take this from me. And so we have the imagery and the the quasi glory of Palm Sunday. And then within the same week, he is abandoned, betrayed, mocked, spat upon, um, you know, scourged, you know, blood um, all over him because he's been brutalized. Hmm. And then Friday, he's hung and died. And then we have Easter Sunday. So a lot of action being kicked off by this whole exchange on Sunday, on Palm Sunday, as he rides in the unexpected king, the the king that people want, but not in the image that they want, uh, which is very, very interesting to, to, to kind of internalize. And then the action of later in that week. So it's just, just wanted to put that into context that this is part of um, a, a very big narrative um, and Holy Week um, for us in the in the church. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just want to kick it back to you. Just want to provide a little bit of context. Yeah, I think about everybody that was sitting there or standing there praising this great guy that they thought was going to be their pretty much their savior, the Messiah. They thought what their their vision of a Messiah was very different than the mm-hmm. Messiah that they got. And it's funny because typically speaking with humans, we all have this sense of what is good and true. And we also have our understandings that we've developed, our knowledge base we develop over time, which is our past. It's our history, Mm -hmm. whether we got it from our own experiences or we've read about it and interpreted experiences through someone else's lens, the way that they experienced it. We pick that up in their writings. uh, We pick it up in maybe some drawings, artwork. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is it takes me back to, it it reminds me of the story with Moses striking the rock. The first time God says to do it, and it produces very desirable results. There was water that came forth. They They were given water so they could hydrate, so they could be sustained in life. They needed that. They had a deep thirst. God provided. What happened the next time? He came across, Moses came across a rock Mm -hmm. and said to himself, well, it worked last time. So it probably works every time. He wasn't thinking of it as, hey, this is just purely God's provision based on his timing and his will. He was Mm -hmm. saying, no, I want it now. This worked last time. Therefore, I should be able to do what I want. And I don't have to, I don't have to ask God to do this again. I'm just going to do it. Of course, we know that God punished him for that. Mm -hmm. And what did God do to him? He wasn't able to enter the Holy Land. Like, that's that's major. <laughs> For striking a second rock, I was like, nope, no access. Mm. You trying to go up to the, you're trying to get in the club? <laughs> He's like, nah, you got trainers on. You're not allowed in. <laughs> Goodness. He said, yo, your feet too dirty. You stink. Go. You're not allowed in. They're, this is the land of milk and honey. That's what it's literally called, mm. milk and honey. <laughs> that's the club. <laughs> So Moses isn't allowed in because he focused on what he thought he knew in his own strength after God taught him the first time. The reality is God wants us to trust him in every sequential moment, everything progressively from the beginning all the way to the end of our lives. There is no moment where God doesn't want us to trust him fully and to not lean on our own understandings. When we lean on our own understanding, we get the wrong picture Mm -hmm. because we started with the wrong picture. We thought we could know 
God says, no, you don't know. And you need me in all things in order to get to where you want to go. You just don't know where you want to go. And you don't realize I have all the answers. So what do we do? It always comes down to we need to humble ourselves Mm -hmm. before the Lord. And we honestly need to humble ourselves before one another. A lot of times we come arrogantly to everything, every single picture that we get into, every single situation, and we don't realize that we have this prideful, arrogant attitude about what we think we know, and our biases are so strong, there's no question there. I don't think anybody would argue that we all come with strong biases to every situation we're going through. But God says, rely on me in all things. He will provide the strength. He will guide us through and give us wisdom. At the same time, though, he says he lets us pick our own steps. <laughs> it says he guides our paths. So as long as you're choosing to take wise steps and stay before God, each step you take, God's always directing your paths. He's never going to let you go if you've given yourself to him and he's declared you as his own. So even if you're misstepping, even if you forget where your power source is, or where your source of truth and guidance remains, he's always faithful to bring you back into play. He always takes the camera and puts it back into focus. And he gives us an opportunity to repent. He gives us an opportunity to get right with him again. And the scripture says, is the Lord's arm not long enough to save? Mm. So it doesn't matter how far down you fall. It matters that you get back up. Trusting God, humbling yourself before him. He always lifts us back up. The part of the part of the story that I'm thinking of is the people were in, in, in such a lowly situation where they're yelling out, Hosanna, Hosanna, yo, save us, save us, save us. And sometimes we may not see the we may not see that request come to fruition. And that can be demoralizing when you're asking for someone, you'll save me, save me, save me. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, a lot of this comes down to faith. In fact, I would say all of this Ooh. comes down to faith. All of it. Because when you're yelling out Hosanna and then four days later, the same person you're asking to save us goes on trial. The day after that, the same person you're asking to save us is hanging from a cross and dies and goes into a tomb and I, I can just imagine what that does to someone's mindset. It's like, save us, save us, save us, and this person is killed. Yep. Now, we we have the knowledge of Easter Sunday. We know what happened. Mm-hmm. But for these folks, they're watching what happens to the person. They're in it. Yeah, yeah. So the encouragement is that sometimes that saving may be instant. Mm-hmm. We may say, God save us, and then, or God save me. And it's an instant response. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it, it may take a while. It may take a while. But, you know, I'm encouraged by Scripture how all things work together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. And so that period of time between the ask and the result, that's where the heart work happens. That's where the trust is built. That's where the relationship grows. And no, it doesn't feel good all the time. But we live life forward and understand it backward. So once we arrive and look back and see that that period of time was was valuable because now we have a level of trust that we didn't have before. And yes, God did follow through on Hosanna. God save us. 
God saved us. Um, so just want to encourage you because th- this is a tough message. We are used to instant. You yes. ask for something, you get it. But God is not transactional. God is relational and relational takes place over time. Amen to that. Yeah, there is no, there are no shortcuts with God. Not if you want to actually grow to mature. Think about how long it takes for children to grow. Mm-hmm. The developmental process is an instant, and we have understanding of that. Although sometimes we see our children in a younger form of development, and we expect them to act significantly older and more mature than they can. Man, I wish I wish that day would come quick. <laughs> the only redeemable part of a young kid is that they're adorable most of the time. But uh, <laughs> go front. I like the caveat. It ain't always. I, yeah. Let's let's be honest here. Yeah. But so let's get let's 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 wrap this up here and say. Jesus came. He didn't come to to suit our needs the way that we wanted them to be suited. Mm-hmm. He said, I got something bigger in, in, pl- in plans for you. You don't even understand what I got coming. But you're going to like it when you find out. But during the interim where they were waiting upon an answer to see what, what this uh, the Hosanna King was going to do, that must have been torturous to figure mm. out. That's, a, that's what you would call, the nicest way to say it is a mind screw. Right. It's really twisted up when you think about, I just put all my trust and hope in this guy. He did. Mm-hmm. That's a crazy place to be in because you really trusted that that was going to be your, your way out. And now all of a sudden that way out, Done. Imagine feeling all that and not finding out that Jesus had risen again till later. That would have been a very tormenting season of time. It would have been very painful to go through that process. But praise God that Mm -hmm. he gave us the opportunity to find, honestly, genuine repentance, the ability to turn fully away from our sin, to go toward Jesus, to be redeemed in Jesus to be given freedom in Jesus and to literally be able to, as a sacrifice on, on, on our end, be able to give up our dead, worthless lives over to him and allow him to regenerate us so that we can be used for the kingdom of God. Incredible. Mm-hmm. So that ties pretty much, I think it ties it up. Chris, is there anything you want to add? No, I think, I think we're good, man. Word. Yeah. <laughs> So again, this is Internal Explosion, the podcast, episode number 10, at Money Money. This is Benny J. And yo, it's your boy, the golden child in the building. Thank you again so much for checking this out. We hope to see you next week. Adios. Peace, y'all.